Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. Ready and let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 129 of the Inside Try Show, sponsored by Resilient Nutrition, who make nutrition products to help you perform at your best mentally and physically. I'm Helen Murray and each week on the Inside Try Show, I bring you awesome interviews from triathlon and beyond. So how has it been going? Have you done your first race of the season yet? I am loving, with a capital L, loving the swim run and the triathlon training at the moment. I feel like I'm in, I'd say getting back into a good groove with it all actually after doing the Highland Ultra. I am enjoying being back in the open water it's warming up, definitely. It keep keeps on getting warmer each time. I've had a good few sessions actually in there, and especially on the swim run front. And while swimming in trainers remains rather interesting, I am feeling a lot more comfortable with the whole swim run thing. It is ridiculously good fun and big shout out thank you very much Bruce and Richard for being so welcoming and helpful and sharing a few tips with me recently they are in my tri club and we are going to be doing the same event in June in Flamberis and I am very very much looking forward to it do let me know if you are going to be taking part as well because I am staying in Flamberis afterwards and I am well up for pizza and beers hands up right now well up for it. And there is actually a bit of a North Wales theme running through this week's podcast as my guest is Arthur Connell, who himself hails from North Wales. But I'm also going to give a big shout out to another event, which I'm going to be doing in North Wales in September. It is, of course, called The Rock. It's The Rock Triathlon. And if you like a bit of an adventure, then like me, I reckon... The Rock is properly up your street. And the reason that I'm even more passionate 
about it is because The Rock have partnered with Move Charity and Move are amazing and they support people to move against cancer. So here's what you need to know. There is a Rock England in the Lake District on Saturday the 16th of July. The first ever Rock Scotland takes place on the 8th of October. The one I'm doing, the Rock Wales, is on September the 3rd. So it is a 1.5k sea swim. Then you cycle 50k to the bottom of the highest mountain in Wales. Then you go up the sort of like toughest path, which is about 6k up the top. 6k back down. Get back on your bike. 50k back to the coast. And then a 1k run along the beach in Abbasoch to finish off. So in total, I think it's got about three and a half thousand feet of elevation and a total ascent of nearly 6,000 feet. So yeah, it ain't going to be flat. (laughs) Now, my colleague Georgie Freeman did the Rock Wales last September. So she did it with Move. And aside from spraining her ankle going up Snowdon, she absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's an awesome race. So different to any other triathlon. Um, The venue is stunning. The swim was amazing. We were so lucky with the weather as well. Um, So yeah, the swim was fab. And then obviously you cycle to Snowdon, which seems crazy. You're just (laughs) going along and you're suddenly like, okay, I can see a little bit of a hill in the background. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) And then obviously you've just casually got to go up and down Snowdon and then cycle back. (laughs) And and then a little run on the beach. Yeah, then the little run on the beach. Yeah, yeah. That's a nice fun bit to finish. (laughs) So what what appealed in the first place to you about doing it rather than like you say like a maybe a a normal sort of standard distance or maybe even a half Ironman because it's got to be as tough as that surely yeah I guess it was definitely I mean I've done Snowden the standard way um up and down you know just walking um so I think doing when I heard about the Watkins path I was like okay this sounds interesting um and so that part of it really appealed to me and and the venue I guess um the it's absolutely stunning down on the beach um so yeah all of that I think all together and then also it's quite cool I've never ran and then got I've done one duathlon I think so then running and then getting back on your bike was weird (laughs) (laughs) what was that bit like when like you know when you when you're thinking even right when you're riding out like you say to Snowdon and you're seeing this you said hill (laughs) mountain (laughs) hill yeah it becomes a mountain turning (laughs) turning into a mountain and getting bigger and bigger are you thinking oh god I've got to go up that I've literally got to try and run up that yeah I mean I in my head I'm like yeah I'm gonna try and run most of it and not walk and then you get to it and you're like oh okay I'm not gonna run this like you know it's definitely the Watkins path is amazing absolutely stunning um but you get to a point I mean I don't want to ruin it for anybody doing it but basically you'll know you get around this corner and you'll 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 just see you'll be like oh okay I've got to go up there and part of you is like wow and part of you is like oh my gosh (laughs) am I doing what am I doing (laughs) and then the and then the jelly legs must be even worse than normal yeah going down and then getting on your bike is just 
yeah <laughs> hard work but I mean it's a really really cool race and like they they take your obviously that you have you put all your stuff for the mountain in your little mountain bag and then you get there on your bike and you get off and you put your shoes on and you, you're like oh wow everything is here and it's all really organized and then you go up then you go down and and then you know you put your stuff back and you cycle back and it's, it's quite cool starting in one place going all the way there going all the way back and finishing in the same place was quite cool what about and are you tempted to to do obviously an England event they've got an England event they've got a Scotland event which would go at Ben Nevis you tempted yeah definitely tempted would be really really cool um I feel like I've done yeah the same snow uh walking all of them but never like an actual crazy race like this um so yeah definitely would be really really cool I I feel like Scotland would be epic imagine running up and down Ben Nevis and then having to cycle again but yeah really cool what a great idea it's really cool and why Georgia you obviously work for for Move Charity why is it so amazing or important that The Rock have partnered with Move I just think it's great that they they are like they say themselves you know they're quite small they're they're still growing they've just started their their um Scotland event like you say um and we're still quite a small charity and growing and everything as well so you know partnering together whilst we're both still growing promoting one another spreading awareness about what we, we do and what they do um it's just great and they're, they're all super nice they're a really lovely small team um and they they approached us because someone they knew had been affected by cancer and so you know it's a really nice link um that we can hopefully work together to promote the race and also support and inspire more people to to move against cancer and Georgie am I in for right a right treat then in September (laughs) you are gonna love it 100% (laughs) Helen like you are in for a treat and anyone listening definitely have a look at it it's it's one of those that you're like what is this you've got to go up and down and then cycle again but it's honestly super super cool you you're 100% gonna love it if you like the sound of it and you want to come and join me at The Rock in Wales, then head over to The Rock, which is T-H-E-R-O-C, so therock.com. Time for this week's interview. And this week's interview is sponsored by resilientnutrition.com. They make long-range fuel nut butters, which are just insanely good, and Switched On, which helps you combat fatigue. You can get 10% off everything over at resilientnutrition.com. Just use the code INSIDETRY10 at checkout. Interestingly, this week's guest, Arthur Connell, has finished third at The Rock and his wife, Catherine, actually won the women's race in 2019. But Arthur didn't actually join me to talk so much about The Rock, more to raise awareness of bowel cancer and mental health. As you might have gathered, if he if he was on the podium at The Rock, he is a very successful age group triathlete and he first got into the sport in his late teens. As you're going to hear, he says he was a picture of health when he was diagnosed with bowel cancer in 2021. After three really traumatic surgeries, Arthur is now in remission, but the diagnosis has completely changed his attitudes towards triathlon, towards training, and pretty much to life as a whole. Arthur Connell, welcome to the Inside Tri Show. How are you doing? I'm doing better, thanks. Not bad at all. Arthur, you and I live in a sort of similar part of the world, right? So people know that I live in North Wales. I think you live in an even better part of North Wales. Can you actually describe why is North Wales so amazing? I think that, for one thing, 
the people are amazing the countryside is amazing it's sometimes a challenging place to live because the weather is quite extreme but we have lovely mountains and we have lovely beaches and it's a very clean place to live so that's why it's so nice and what's it like for triathlon training it's brilliant even if you wanted to like go out and do intervals and stuff you can find any section of road to do that i think sometimes the weather makes it such that it is quite hard to go out for a very easy ride if the weather's rough because even if you have a power meter you have to push above a certain amount of watts just to get home just like down the ogwen valley yeah so sometimes it can be really tough and if you are being really really specific with your sessions you sometimes will end up doing stuff indoors because the weather is just too harsh outside. Do you think it's almost like the Welsh equivalent of uh, Yorkshire, Arthur? Yeah, probably. Like the more west you get in Wales, the harder it gets weather-wise. But yeah, yeah, it's like going up north, isn't it, for southerners in England, I guess. How did you first get into triathlon? Well, my first triathlon was a triathlon called the Telford Tin Man, which was in Telford. And I did that on the 7th of May in the year 2000. And I had always kept myself fit from about the age of 13, 14 by swimming, cycling and doing some running. And like because my my dad and my sister were into mountain biking in the early 90s. And my dad had said, oh, you know, since since you like all this fitness stuff, one day you'd have to do like a triathlon. and then. I worked at the swimming pool in Bangor and the manager there was doing the Telford Tin Man for charity. And so I did it for charity as well. And I borrowed a road bike to do it. And I just I just loved it. And then I did my second race was quite a hard race in Machuntleth. And it was quite, quite popular because the number of Olympic distance tries in the country at the time it wasn't like it is now. And one of the best juniors in the world was there to break the record, a guy called Richard Haynes, who competed in the Commonwealth Games in 2004. Yeah, and I just, I just remember really loving it. I rode it on my dad's old Dave Lloyd with a steel frame that my sister had had sprayed salmon pink. Yeah, and then I just got into triathlon then and did it for a few years. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I thought you could burn the candle both ends with it. And so... Like, you know, this was when I was 19, 20 and 21. But I really didn't have a clue about training. Um, And then I moved to Swansea to do part of my PhD. And I got into doing some kite surfing. And I liked playing rock music in a band. And I didn't start back doing the sport until I was 29. And then so I got back into it when I was 29. And then did it pretty much every year then up until up until now what was it when you were 29 that made you go back into it well the main reason was because when I was like quite into kite surfing but I didn't find that it was very sociable as in like there was a social scene in the area but it was miles away from where I lived and I think the guys were quite a lot older than me and I just thought 
ah, it just seems a bit sad that you go to the beach, you set all your stuff up, and then you do that, and then and then you come home. And I, I kind of wanted to sort of get into stuff that, like, you know, if you're into running, there's a running club, so you can socialise with other runners. If you go to the swimming club, you can then socialise with swimmers and with the cycling. And I did do that during 2010. But the trouble was, is I overtrained. And then in 2011, I very much became sort of, oh, if, I want, if I'm going to succeed at this sport, I need to do my training properly. And it was almost like as if I put a bit of blame on me not doing my training right was down to me training with other people. And unfortunately, that made me a little bit of a hermit in some ways. I didn't mix with people. I very much became much more of a loner during that time, which was very bad for me. Um, it's not something I'd ever recommend. And it, it was like, that's easily the dark side of any competitive sport, but especially with triathlon, because you're trying to juggle three sports, you can end up sort of losing the plot in terms of why you got into it. And it's it became sort of, you know, that was something that, probably affected me more on my mental health without me really realizing it that I wasn't mixing with anybody I didn't have any friends I was very much a loner and you start to live like that and it becomes a bad habit you know it's fascinating you saying that because I was wondering what made you realize this is not good for me this approach like being on my own I am becoming a loner I don't think I ever did I don't think I ever really realised it. I don't think I did, to be honest. I think that I changed a bit when I met my wife and I got married, but then I started to fall back into that trap. And sadly, I don't think I ever got out of it. I think that it made me realise that, you know, I'd made quite a few mistakes in my life through being somebody who was you know just too lonely and not mixing with people enough like I think we had a great year in 2018 me and my wife when we got like she just got into triathlon and I was getting back into it and we'd just go to the track we'd go to the Thursday night hill session we'd go to the climbing wall and we just did all the events and just did like loads of racing whether you were knackered or not and it was great and then unfortunately in 2019 like it just got the seriousness of it just came back into it and it was like it ruined 2019 because I was just too serious over it again and that had happened a few times I think it happened in 2014 happened in 2016 it became like you could say yeah I was addicted to trying to get the success from it and the addiction like all addictions they're just not logical you make illogical decisions you're not necessarily happy you don't know why um I mean during this time of course like my mum passed away in 2010 and then my dad passed away in 2015 so those things in life may have contributed to the way I was um Then there was a major sort of change in my job in 2017. But 
you know, in some in some ways, I would say, you know, triathlon has been good fun, and it kept me very very fit and kept me in very physically good condition, which ultimately has been very important for me. I, but I would say that to anybody coming into the sport that not to not to live it like I've lived it because I would say that you know it's had an overall negative effect and you you are not the first person to have said that on on this podcast at all there was a another um interview I did uh, with a female athlete who said that it for her that triathlon had started to have a a negative um effect on her and I was just wondering what do you say to your athletes having just said everything that you've said that happened to you and that you kind of went through well I've stopped coaching um I stopped coaching in December last year Mm. yeah I mean like I would say that uh certainly if you're sacrificing time with your family or you're sacrificing relationships or, you know, like if you're making what you feel are sacrifices, like you've got to question how much the success means to you. You know, like if it's a fact that you're going to make all these sacrifices for the next six months so that you're five minutes faster over a two hour race. Like, is it going to make that much difference to your happiness? Like, I mean, you see it, you do see it a lot or used to see it. Like, I mean, you'd see it at like a 10K race or something where it make or break somebody's day if, you know, you know, 20 to 30 seconds over like a race that's like half an hour, you know, you know, I mean, 35 to 40 minutes long could make or break somebody's whole week you know they'd be so disappointed and like that I was one of those people you know um I don't know it's just the way we become sometimes I guess it's something I find very difficult to sort of understand now I don't know I I think I just think that people need to be honest with themselves that if they if they are training and they notice that there's negatives coming into their life like they're not socializing like they would normally or they're not giving time to people that they value or they're getting to a bad habit of, you know, I don't know, they might start gambling or something like that because actually their drive for the success in the sport instead of being a release like it always should be is actually causing them stress because they're stressed because they've put so much training into it and they're stressed because they've made these sacrifices then You've, you've got to sit down and you, you've, you've got to think whether it's worth it or not. Yeah, that's what I would say. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And was it your wife, Catherine, that kind of had a word? with you or do you think it was just meeting her that helped to kind of change your mindset towards it all a little bit to be honest I don't think my mindset really changed that much ever you know I was very selfish and greedy in life and with the sport all the way up until I got diagnosed with bowel cancer and I actually think that being fit and strong and being busy and wanting to get back into my training and all that sort of thing would have probably, well, I mean, it it did delay me carrying out the fit test. That's the feces test, isn't it? That's like the poo poo sample. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was the other thing is because I'd done some big races over the summer and because I'd had both vaccines, I just had all of the reasons for feeling a bit tired. And I don't think that actually having bowel cancer was making much difference to my level of fatigue. It probably was more to do with those races, but, you know, I did have a tumour growing on my bowel wall so it must take up some of your energy and it affects the way you absorb nutrients in your bowel and your hydration level and you are losing blood so all those things must go against you but you know like I probably would have gone to the doctor a couple of months later but then it may have been further down the lines lymph nodes may have been affected and stuff like that but certainly you know, my wife reminding me a lot of the time to actually get these tests done. It's kind of strange talking about it now. It's almost like as if I can't remember who I was before the diagnosis and before the hospital and all that. It's just like my head's got so much catching up to do that it's almost like as if Life didn't exist before this, you know. Back in the summer, when you wanted to do like the the stool test, but you put it off for a while, did you kind of, was that fear or was that like, I'm fit, I'm healthy, nothing's wrong? It definitely was complete sort of, there's there's nothing wrong with me. There was no way that I had, anything wrong like that it was just hemorrhoids you know like it it, you know there was no way that that I had a tumor but I hadn't even considered it that's why it came as such a shock I think that I think my wife knew that this could be very very serious but she didn't want to say to me this is a bowel cancer screening test you know because she knew that I just I would fall apart, you know, and 
that is what happened. I did absolutely fall apart. I mean, I flew through all the physical pre-op. Everybody was like, oh, you'll fly through the surgery. You know, it's like you're a great candidate for surgery. Like I physically and physically, like I've done really, really well since coming out of hospital. Everything's healed up. We've done some amazing things like we've done the Harlech Triathlon nine weeks out of surgery. I've been up and down Snowden. Uh, I've been around the Ogwen Valley on my bike. I've ran park run. I can lift things up. I'm eating a normal diet. You know, like if I could have a brain transplant, that would be great, you know. But if, it, if there would have been a mental health assessment before the operation, I think I would have just failed it miserably. Um, I think sometimes we don't, don't realise the importance of building very, very strong mental health and mental resilience, you know, through our lives, I think. What was it like doing Hardless Triathlon? It was like a lot of things that I do each day, which this is getting better. I mean, okay, at my worst, right? And like, this isn't lies. This is the absolute truth. Like, my wife has had to pick me up off the floor of our living room before today, put me in a car, drag me out of the car, and almost push me into the swimming pool when I've been suffering withdrawal. And she's known that the meditative effect of the swimming and the very, very slight increase in serotonin that you get in your brain will make the withdrawal symptoms less. And it's worked. You know, it's worked. It, it might, you know, that'll just, it just take time to go. You know, um, I've, I've been to therapy and, you know, the therapist was very helpful with those more serious concerns that I had. But mental health was something that I, before this, never really believed in. I, I, I you know, I, I did believe in it, but I never thought that, I never thought people could just feel depressed or feel anxious. I'd wonder what was wrong with them. And it's like, if your brain chemistry goes wrong, it is all your brain chemistry. But when it does go, it's more frightening than physical pain because like you're just in a mess, you know, you, you know that everything is okay, but yet you could be sat there and it's not like somebody could turn up and say to you, here's a nice new bike and here's a new car and that you would feel any better. You wouldn't, you would feel no better at all. Your brain chemistry is in it's, you know, you're tuned into the wrong channel. If you know what I mean, it's like, you're just, you, and you feel terrible. Um, you, you, you feel awful. Um, but it doesn't last forever, you know, and um, I'm very lucky because my wife recognised that it was some of these little tablets that I was on that was changing my brain chemistry. And she also knew who to contact to wean me off these little drugs. And he's very happy with the progress that we've made. Um, but yeah, I would say be very, very cautious over sleeping tablets, anti-anxiety tablets and antidepressants. Please exhaust other options before turning to these things because there's something that your GP will give you because they don't have a long time. They can't give you loads of therapy. Um, they have 10 minutes with you and they're trying to help you. And when you first take diazepam, Valium, 
it does it relaxes you you feel you feel great but if you keep taking it you need to up the dose to get the same effect and then you're addicted to it and you need to suffer the withdrawal when you come off it you know so it's horrible yeah it's it just it sounds so traumatic everything Arthur that you've been through over the past since the summer basically and what Arthur what would you say maybe to someone else listening to this who might think yeah I'm fit or healthy it's nothing you know the one thing I don't want to do is send out like I mean these are all things to me you know like triathlon's a great sport and and you know let's remember this thing okay so there's a few things here if I hadn't have been as fit and strong physically as I was, I wouldn't have made it out of the hospital. So ultimately, my grumbles about the thing that I've been doing that's kept me that strong, it saved my life. Yeah. You know, like I never, I never, you know, there was lots of old people who went through the hospital. And part of me kind of thought, well, if any of us can take this physically, then it's me. You know, like if they have to go through what I'm going through, they're not going to make it, you know, whereas I will. Um, So I don't, you know, I don't want to send out like negativity. Like it's a great sport. It's great fun, you know, and being competitive and being successful is great. It's absolutely great. The first thing, like I've said in, in messages, is that this is something that could have been growing for five to 15 years. Yeah, so these, you know, usually bowel cancers start as, well, they start as like a growth of cells called a polyp. And polyps can be pretty harmless. Um, it's when they just get big and then the cells mutate and they they become different to your body cells. And then I think that qualifies that they become a cancer, you know. Um, but changes in your bowel habit, which I think with a sport like triathlon, can be a little bit difficult to spot because you do different you you end up doing run phases at certain times of the year or you'll you'll do a little bit less running and so you, sometimes you'll think to yourself ah oh, well you know i've been doing more running so my I, i'm i'm going to the toilet more and yeah if you notice that consistently that's okay but changes to your bowel habits are something to look out for certainly um you know definitely any blood in your stool or anything get checked out like i mean don't just assume that it's hemorrhoids um definitely anything like that um yeah you you know those are the messages that i would send out um i already the big panic for me came from the fact that like because my mum and dad had passed away from cancer my mum passed away from lung cancer and my dad passed away from liver cancer. And I would never have believed with either of them that they had a month to live when we got those diagnoses, you know, because you'd think, nah, you're not that unwell. You're not a month away from death. No way. So the big panic for me was simply that the problem with cancers and that is that if you're presenting symptoms, often, not all the time, but often it's too late. So it's like, you know, you have to spot it when 
you can do the rock two days on the run. You have to spot it when you win your age group in a half Ironman triathlon. You, you, you know, you have to spot it when, you know, a couple of weeks before it, you win your age group in a sprint distance triathlon. That's when you have to spot it. You know, you have to be that well. So, you know, lots of people said to me, oh, I'm sorry to hear that you've been unwell. And I'm like, alarm bell rings in my head. It's like, no, 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 no. You haven't got the message across, you know. I wasn't unwell. I was never unwell. I was the picture of health. I know what they mean. They're sorry to hear that I've had a tough time and I fully appreciate the support. But I can't overemphasize the message that I was not unwell. My health was 100%, you know, like as far as I know, it might have affected me, the growth of the polyp over the years, but it certainly wasn't, ah, oh, been feeling a bit tired lately. Um, you know, it wasn't like that, luckily. So that's the reason that mine got spotted and I didn't need any chemotherapy. So I'm in remission now and hopefully it'll stay that way. How do you reckon your sort of like then your attitude, I guess, to towards triathlon, how's that changed? I think now I'm starting to feel like it's a bit of a challenge for me to get fit again. Uh, I, I, I don't feel fit. and But when I go and do stuff, I tend to do it a bit hard. Um, so I end up a bit knackered. So our plan now is to just get out and try and do a bit more volume and to do it nice and easy, to do most things easy. Um, like when I go to the, the pool, for instance, I keep, you know, it's all right to do the old sets that I used to do, but I've got to do them slower. Um, and, you know, running is the same. It's like I, ha I probably have to do run walks. If I do a 5K run, I'm very, very tired after doing it, you know. Um, but it's a new challenge now because I've got an ileostomy and having an ileostomy means that I don't have my large bowel working at all. So your large bowel is very useful in absorbing water out of your food. So it's easier to stay hydrated. Plus your gut bacteria break down cellulose. So when I eat fruits or vegetables now, it pretty much passes out of the ileostomy undigested. I don't digest anything like that, but I can still absorb vitamins that are water soluble. So that'll be an interesting challenge with an ileostomy i know that there are sports people who are very capable they've got an ileostomy so somebody came around last night who was an ultra runner anthony paul davis who's done the pantheon ultra he's done um the chester 50 ultra amazing strength of character and he came from a background of having crohn's disease so it's like being 15 years plus of of suffering for him and then now having the ileostomies made everything better for him and that's great and then also somebody got in touch with me called michelle wilcox that's who you would read about if you put it into into a triathlon search i think she's she's michelle holmes now she did the outlaw triathlon in 10 hours five and has won her age group i think high level and so you know these people are an inspiration um it's i've my my healthy anxiety at the moment i would say is keeping on top of hydration 
with the ileostomy and I get like good reassurance from my wife that you know your kidneys are very very good at looking after your body's hydration and just getting the right nutrients in and then just like yeah getting back into into life you know like um my main aim is to really be able to give my wife the moon the stars and the sun you know because like she's done that for me she sounds amazing she like I think like without my wife I wouldn't have got I you know I certainly wouldn't have spotted the cancer there's no way that that would have happened but afterwards it's just like there's no way I would have coped without her there's no way I would cope without her now you know she's 34 you know she's 34 she's a a GP partner she gets given so many boxes of chocolates from people who say you saved my life you sent me into hospital and I had sepsis you did this and she's just so on it and it's just like you know if angels from are sent from heaven to look after you there has been one sent to look after me there's no doubt about it because what else is it you know it's like uh, I just owe her everything you know um I'm just the luckiest person in the world really I mean despite the fact that it was a horrendous ordeal you know it's not something this isn't it's not the truth to say I wouldn't change anything I would I would choose not to have to go through surgery three times definitely um because otherwise that would be a lie but in the hospital you, it is a privilege to meet people who work so hard and the consultant that saved my life and the team that saved my life you know it's Friday night and people can say, oh, they get paid well. They don't get paid that well, right? You know, he's got six children, so he it's Friday night. I'm surprised he didn't keel over before me, you know, and he comes back to work. He's there till the early hours in the morning and they're all there working extremely hard and then you go down there to A&E and you're worried about all these crazy thoughts that you're having and the mental health team as well they're so well trained they can ask the questions and do the right words that they're so good at their job of being able to just change your brain's way of thinking and you come out of there thinking i'm not going to hurt anyone and it's the way they've asked the questions it's what they've said to you you know and you know the message to all those people is just you know a massive thank you you know and you know I hope that things can be learned from my experience for them, but I've never met such a group of hardworking people in my life. You know, it's unbelievable. Um, and has, has, has the whole thing completely changed your perspective on, on life? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's absolutely 100%. Like, you know, you, if you turn up to an event now, what you see is some people who train really, really hard and all their life is focused around training. And they're very talented, very determined people, and it takes nothing away from them. And more than likely, these people will cross the finish line in the fastest time. But you look through the field and you don't know who the nurse is that's coming off her night shift, who doesn't train often, but turns up. And that event wouldn't exist without her. You don't know who the healthcare assistant is there that 
happens to work on the same ward but wasn't there when you were there and you know you you know you don't know who some of those people there who have struggles with mental health are and it just makes you think like everybody's a winner in the event everybody's a winner who wakes up and they get out of bed and they try to make the world a better place you're a winner aren't you you know you're a massive winner that's the that's the way I look at things now it's it's just it's just different you know it's a newfound respect for people uh, I think just opens your eyes a bit more you know your honesty and just the some of the things that you have said I think will really resonate with other people and it's been a real pleasure to talk with you oh thanks very much it's really nice to have the opportunity to sort of to to be able to give the message out to people and I just totally want awareness to be raised from this and for bowel cancer and mental health uh they're two things that like if we can stop and think about them in day-to-day life more often i think it'll make the world a better place thanks for listening to the inside try show if you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything then reach out to helen on instagram or twitter at inside try show if you are into your trail running or maybe you just want a bit of a different challenge for 2023 Perhaps you have heard the Highland Ultra episode. Well, race organisers Beyond the Ultimate are offering you an exclusive discount. So Inside Tri Show listeners, an exclusive discount for entry for next year's race. So you'll get £100 off entry. This is if you enter and you use the code before the end of June 2022. The code that you need is Inside Tri in capital letters. So beyondtheultimate.co.uk. Use the code INSIDETRY, all in capital letters, at checkout for £100 off the 2023 event. If you are a Vino buddy or a training buddy over on Patreon, you will have hopefully heard the latest exclusive episode with Rich and I giving you a day-by-day account, a bit like a, a big audio diary, really, of the whole experience in Noidart. And if you like what I do as well, you enjoy the interviews, you enjoy the podcast week in, week out, then you can sign up to be a patron over at patreon.com forward slash inside try show. Don't forget, you can get a discount at 33fuel.com. Just use the code inside try 33 and then comfuel.co.uk. They will give you some money off with the code inside try. That's if you're after a variety of goodies so keep up the good work on the training front let me know what you are up to but that is it for this week so happy training happy racing and we'll catch up again next week sports social podcast network i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day press one If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.